welcome everybody to the Mainly Things Podcast. This is your host, Justin, with our special guest tonight. Sean, how we doing? Good. Tonight, yes, Andrew is out. He has something that he has to take care of um, tonight. So we have, uh, actually, we already had you scheduled to be on here, but uh, one of my best friends, good friend, Mr. Sean Frost. <laughs> how you doing, man? I'm good. How you doing, man? It's been a while. Good. I know. I feel like here we are, like best friends and yet we see each other hardly ever i know right but it's i like, guess that's the way the world works that's sometimes, how it works when you it? grow up yeah but man either way i'm happy to have you here tonight so excited um and let's just go ahead and everyone they know me they know andrew let's get to know mr sean frost oh, real man, quick what do you want to know so just uh give us a little bit of a bio where you're from who you're married to you want everything, huh? Hobbies, you know, whatever. Oh, man. Give it to All me, right. baby. <laughs> well, I grew up Mount Gilead, Ohio. Grew up with Justin. Grew up with you, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, we were just two peas in a pod growing up, right? Me, you, Seth, who is from Montana now, you know, out there hanging out. But, uh, yeah, we grew up Mount, Mount Gilead with you. And then... Uh, yeah, after that, went to Bluffton University, graduated with a, a strength conditioning degree, um, wanted to own my own gym one day, traveled out to Chicago to be a strength coach. Yeah. Uh, that was interesting, going from Mount Gilead, Ohio, to like living in a high-rise that has Mount Gilead, Ohio in it, <laughs> yeah. so that was pretty interesting. Culture shock. Yeah, yeah, big time. So, I mean, it was fun walking everywhere. Like, you had to drive a car. So, I don't, like, when I was in Chicago for three years, I don't think I paid for gas. Yeah. So, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, you were also, uh, I mean, outside your apartment window, well, the apartment that I was at and yeah. visited you and yeah, it was Pier. a Navy Pier right out the yeah. window, man. Yeah, that was, it was pretty cool. Like, I mean, we got to see some cool stuff, meet some cool people, but uh, we're back home in Mount Gilead now, so we're and happy. We is you and. Uh, my wife, Kristen yes. Frost, yeah. Kristen Sweeney, but now Frost. Yeah, actually, uh, fun fact, everyone, uh, Kristen is the one who did our logo for us. Oh, yeah. For the podcast. S- Sweeney so. Studios. Give her a shout out. Give her a follow on Instagram. Sweeney yeah, Studio. Sweeney Studios. Check her out. Get, yeah. Hit her up for any <laughs> freelance art projects that you need. Um, yeah. I don't know <laughs> what else to say there. No, but, just follow uh, her art, like it, get some drawings done, do that. Yeah. yeah. Get it done. So... I want to just start off with so people can get to know you a little better. I want to start off with a story. Oh no! And so this story, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> where what do story? I choose I don't from? Know. I, don't I don't know, know what story this is. So I'm nervous. <laughs> so, so there's multiples, and we're gonna have to have you back on. Maybe we do like every appearance, we do a new story. I like that. And that's so a lot of appearances. So <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, that's all right. If we do this for a long time, it'll be a lot of appearances. So, many moons ago, we were in oh, sixth or seventh grade. I, I don't remember exactly what grade we were in, but we had gym class, and gym class was outside. We were, like, playing baseball or softball, and it was towards the end of the year, and our teachers would let us, like, skip study hall and go play with the – we must have been either, we must have been in eighth grade. Yeah, even. I, I think we were. And, uh, and I think we got to go play with the seventh grade gym class outside to go play baseball or whatever. And so because we were the older kids and why, like, how we ever got away with this and they were okay with us doing this, like, 
we didn't have to walk back with the class, like, to the school. So the baseball field was, you know, 200 yards away from the school. Yeah. And so we walked back to the school, Sean and, and myself. And and uh, so in the old school, the second floor, there it was like a split level. As soon as you walked <laughs> in the stairs, <laughs> you already know what it is. I and do, so, I do. <laughs> so if you go downstairs, it's where the gym, the locker room, the lunchroom is. And upstairs is the board office. And then the third floor of the school was like art class in sixth grade. So here we are. Um, we go in and Sean, like, we're, you know, joking, laughing. And Sean, like, looks up, like, goes up two or three steps just to look up <laughs> down the hallway of the board office to see if there's anyone there. And so <laughs> he's like, oh, there's no one there. So he goes back down to the bottom step, turns around, pulls down his pants like he's mooning, pretty much mooning no one, but just being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Miss Boyer. As soon as he does that, around comes the art teacher down the corner of the stairs, and she just stops dead in her tracks, and she just frozen. Uh. <laughs> and Sean goes, pulls his pants up real fast, and goes, "Whoops, sorry." <laughs> It just takes off running. And so she's just standing there and Sean's probably sweating bullets. Like, what's going to happen? My dad is going to kill me. Oh, man. And uh, so we're just, uh, you know, Sean's sweating bullets and everything, you know, thinking he's going to get written up. He's going to get in trouble, have, have all these problems. And so then, like, nothing happens. Nothing. Nothing happened. Nothing. And then, but you were in art class. I was in so art class. So you took art class. Yeah. So why don't you tell us what happened, like, the next day at art class? You know, it was a lot of, like, kind of, like, knife hair cutting. You can, like, you could feel the tension between me and her. <laughs> yeah. But she knew she had me on, like, she knew she had me in control. Yeah. And she just, like, every reference was a but. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to grab our art pencils, but, and she would death stare at me. And I just, <laughs> I just remember her just, but, I mean, she probably said it like 50 plus times that day. And it's just, but this, but that, but, and stare at me. And everybody's like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Something about butts. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That, oh man, that story. Every time I think about that, I mean, I just, well, clearly you guys could hear me. I'm just dying because. That that was just so funny to see the look on his face and to just see the look on her face as she turns the <laughs> stairs. Dude, that was that was priceless. And that's just one one of tons and tons and tons of stories that we can tell on you that will just make people roll. Oh yeah, tons. And they mostly so. involve stairs for some reason. <laughs> 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 yeah, they do all of them. Somehow a stair gets in there. I don't know why, but, yeah. eh, you know. <laughs> you and stairs. There's a love-hate relationship there. Oh, man. Uh, but anyway, that's a that's just a quick look into into Sean. I'm a good person. He is. He's a great person. <laughs> and But it's just a good look into how goofy he is, how goofy we were, you know, growing up and all through school. You know, I think so we were voted best friends in high school. Yeah. And you were voted the class clown. 
So Easily. guilt by association, yeah. like <laughs> Easily. we we could get into trouble. And there yeah. were some, there were some other friends that uh would would dig in on that too. And but it, it was fun. It was lots of fun growing up. So anyway, that's a kind of the intro. But what we really wanted to have you on tonight for was our mainly things topic. And our mainly things topic tonight is kind of part two of a coach's corner. So we had Ryan Farr on the um men's and women's lacrosse coach at Mount Vernon Nazarene University talking a little bit about coaching and you know we went off on some other tangents there too but but what I want to get from you is coaching um, you can actually talk from a player's perspective because you were a collegiate athlete you played college football at Bluffton University and um, but we also want to hear that kind of one-on-one coaching from like training uh, some of the stuff you did in Chicago, some of the stuff you do here now, and and kind of your thoughts on coaching and training and kind of that mindset of a coach and what you're looking for and what you see in people. Kind of we're just going to dive into all these kinds of conversations. I like it. I like it, man. So when and where did you first decide you wanted to become a strength coach? <sighs> you know, it probably was – I I went into Bluffton as a sports management major. Okay. Thinking like, you know, I'm going to like manage teams and like do stuff with football teams and quality control guy. No. Um Bluffton just started their strength conditioning program my sophomore or junior year. And that was when like, you know, I always liked the weight room. We worked mm-hmm. out like coach Ringer got us like big in the weight room like that was probably the biggest weight room my goods ever had like going for us program wise yeah i'm like man, i really like this this is like fun it's like a hobby and like you can have a job in this this is cool yeah but i didn't like bluffton didn't have that as like a thing i could go do mm-hmm. so probably my sophomore junior year i uh yeah i just like they're like hey we're bringing this like strength conditioning exercise science major you can learn all about the body it's gonna be fun like i'm like well, that sounds great. Do I have to, like, drop my sports management degree? And they're like, no, 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 you can keep that. And you can add this on the side. And I'm like, perfect. I like that. That's a great idea. Perfect. So I, sophomore year, I, like, doubled up on double majoring on, like, sports management and strength conditioning, which actually not that bad because, like, most things cross over. And yeah. I was like, this is pretty good. Um, but, yeah, that was probably, like, when I, like, first got, like, excited about it, I guess. Like, I was, yeah. like – uh, realizing it could be a job, like in you get college, a workout. Yeah. In college, yeah. I mean, I know from like my perspective, from like your friend's perspective on the sideline, it was high school kind of gave us the, t- the taste of it because yeah. we, we worked out. I mean, we worked out pretty hard. For high school kids, you look at it now, like we were pretty dedicated. We were in there yeah. at what, 6 a.m.? 6 a.m. list before like school, that. taking those cold showers. Yeah. The school couldn't <laughs> afford hot water, <laughs> yeah. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, we did that and you were dedicated to it, and I mean, let's be honest too. Like, look at Sean from high school, like freshman year. Oh man, I was probably like one hundred and thirty pounds, dude. Like, if for those of you who don't know, uh, Sean is built like a Greek god now. You could so. like the wind used to be able to like blow me away. Probably. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so like something definitely changed. I mean, the mindset, and then like you were able to see, like, your own personal results from hard work and dedication. Oh, yeah. Obviously, um, it's, it's, it's evident. But 
So kind of college is when you're like, okay, I want to be a strength and conditioning coach. Um, but what about like, so there's one thing about like, I love weightlifting. I love, but what about the actual coaching aspect of it? Like training others, teaching others where it, did it just kind of happen? Did it, did it fall into you? Or like, I kind of have a story about you that you probably don't even know about. Oh, that man, another story. I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell later, but I want, I want to hear. Yeah. I guess for me personally was just like, I was like small all the time, like. I used to get tossed around on the football field. I was like a safety getting smacked by running backs. Like, it was bad. It was bad. You remember that. I was <laughs> just getting ran over and be like, why didn't you tackle him? I'm like, because I'm only like 130 pounds. <laughs> That's why I didn't tackle him. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm out of the ankles, and he, like, ran me over. Um, that was part of it, like, just not wanting to be small. And then in college, like, a lot of dudes stayed in college to work out, mm-hmm. and I went home, worked, because, you know, yep. we had to, right? And then would come home after work and work out. And, like, that was just my dedication. It's like, And then finally I started seeing, like, building and, like, strength gains. Obviously it happened in high school too, but, like, I saw a majority of it in college, like how, like, the potential of it. And then just, like, from the coaching standpoint, it was just like, wow, if, like, I can grow from, like, you know, like a 135, like, like soaking wet kid mm-hmm. to, like, I mean, I got up, like, my biggest I got in college was, like, 220 when – it wasn't fun. 220 was not being fun. Like, then they're like, all right, you got to cut to 190 for season. You're like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of running. But, and I'm like, wow, if I can do this, like, I wonder, like, the potential I could pull out of other people. Like, seeing them, like, they can grow from just, like, you know, like, having that mindset of, like, pulling the best out of people, I guess, yeah. would be, like, what I would say. Yeah. And so, I mean, you got a little taste of that right after college, but then you took a job in chicago um in a gym training people like delve into a little bit of like what that is like i mean that's a whole different animal so it's also different because so you're coaching but you're also like people are paying you for service so not only is it like uh you're coaching teaching helping them get better but like you're also providing a service to where like you there's not much choice unless you want to be unemployed, right? Yeah. So, so kind of what's what's that dynamic like, and and one on one coaching, and and getting the best out of people, and I don't know, just your thoughts on that. Uh, when I was in Chicago, it was like really interesting, right? Like, so where we trained at was like right downtown. It was like super like wealthy business professionals, right? Like we had like super rich people, super middle line people, but like most people walk in, they're like, hey, here's this like business card it's like made of metal like go ahead and swipe it for the whole package i'm like it's like 1200 bucks you understand what that means and they're like i own bu- i own biz- buildings in this place and i'm like oh <laughs> sorry i didn't know i'll swipe it right now for you sir but like yeah like these business professionals were like super like competitive but like you had to pull it out of them right like you couldn't just be like all right we're gonna get on the bike and like make sprints today mm-hmm. like they'd be like man i'm tired i had to meeting and I was in Dubai blah 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 blah. so you just have to like start like writing down like random times on a board with random initials right and just like just kind of slowly see who was going to be the people that would like I'm going to get that time today I want to be the top of the day like of the board right so it's just like fun to see like who were the people that were going to like compete and who are the people that are just there because like they just had to be there yeah and then from there it was just like 
I kind of adapted as a coach, I guess, because, like, you have to, like, the, the people that want to compete are going to compete, right? Like, you just got to, like, kind of, like, trick them into it, like, mm-hmm. even if they don't want to. And then the ones that don't want to compete, they do want to compete. Like, everybody wants to compete. No one wants to be like, yeah, I took last and it was fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> like, they want to compete. They're just embarrassed if they don't win that, like, like what are the repercussions of being, like, a loser? Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, how do I get this out of them? So that was, like, Chicago, right? Because, like, you have these people that are, like, they don't need to work out. They do need to work out. Like, it's good for them. They need yeah. to work out. But, like, they're paying me, right? Because I could be right. like, get on the bike. And they're like, no. I'd be like, <laughs> okay, okay. I guess we'll go do something else, right? Like, I can't. it's not like a sports team where I'm like, get on, everybody, beep, go, let's go. Yeah. Like, so it's a completely different atmosphere, right? Yeah. That's what we were used to. We are used to, like, get on the line because I said so. And everybody's like, okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. These people are like, you're like, get on the bike and sprint. And then they kind of give this, like, haphazard, like, sprinting. And you know the air bike sucks, right? Yeah, like, everybody yeah. knows the air bike's like, blah. We just got that thing, and everybody's just like, oh, this isn't like my bike at home. Like, well, no, duh, it's an air bike. Yeah. So, pulling, I guess pulling, like, out of those people that, like, drive was, like, a challenge. And I really liked that. That was, like, fun right, in Chicago. It was a good time. Yeah. So you had to – so the big thing is, like, you tailored how you traded, how you coached people based on, like, what kind of effort are they wanting to give, what kind of – so you, you like, really had to get to know your customer base, get to really know your – I mean, let's call them athletes, so to speak. Yeah, you know? yeah, you can. Yeah. You, you, you have to get to know them in order to push them. So what's, like – what's the most rewarding thing for you as a coach? I would say when people break their own mental ceilings. So, like, when you tell them, like, a certain distance day one, right, and they're like, whoa, I'll never be able to do that. And then, like, you work with them, and then, like, the thing that you told them to hit is, like, practically like a warm-up, and they're just like, oh, yeah, got that in the bag, dude. Like, yeah. when you see them, and they, they don't realize it, because, like, one workout, like, has that in it, but they don't realize it, and then, like, they're just like, do-do-do-do, what's the next thing? And then when you see them just, like, kind of, like, nonchalantly do it and get done and come back and, like, let's do the next thing, it's just, like, super rewarding because, like, you made them crush their own ceiling of, like, this is what I'm capable of, but it's not, right? Like, we're not, we're, we're way more than we think. Yeah. And just, like, helping people beyond that, right? Like, obviously, it's the whole, like, healthy lives, my butt looks good, my calves <laughs> look good, whatever. But like, You're talking about me, huh? <laughs> but it's really like the mental aspect of it, right? Because like, weightlifting is so mental. Yeah. Like the mental aspect of like actually strength training, not just weightlifting, but like cardio, anything you do. Like, like if I told you like when you first started doing your triathlon training, right? You like started doing that, and then COVID ruined yeah. that. Yeah. 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 But if I was like, hey, Bush, go on like a forty-three mile bike ride. So no. You'd be like, no way, dude. That's going to like, I'm going to get an itchy butt. Biggest one is swim a mile. Yeah. <laughs> swim a mile. You'd be like, ooh, whoa. Yeah. Right? But like once you like do like partition that up a couple of times, and then you're like, all right, well, if I add that up together, that's not that bad. Mm-hmm. So like when you help people break those ceilings and like what they can accomplish, 
I think that's the best part of being a coach. Yeah. 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 And uh, I'd say, like, you too, like you in particular, you're a very good – you're a motivator, but you're in, you are an encourager. And, and one of the stories, like, I have of you is – so this is back to high school, and this has always kind of been you naturally too. Um, so it, it kind of makes perfect sense that you do and have done the things that you've done because – because of what's naturally in you. And so back in the day, senior year of football, uh, you know, there, there were, we had m- multiple seniors, not very many, we had like eight. Eight, we had eight. But there were like four of us who really started from beginning to end and yeah. core the core four, you, me, Goody, like and Aaron. Four. Yeah. And uh, so we, you know, were in charge of like, little teams and we'd go through and do conditioning drills and and on my team like I had I had a couple good guys but then I had one guy who was the slowest um didn't put forth very much effort would you know quit in the middle of a drill and like I was ticked because like dude I've been busting my rear end this whole time all off season to come out here and see you like give this kind of effort like no let's go get up you gotta move come on um but i wasn't as encouraging and i was probably much more intense than what you just heard right there because back in the day i was a little bit more people who know me now would probably not guess like Justin, the intensity not yeah yeah people who know me now probably and who didn't know me back then are probably be like you you used to be like that, but yeah, I I could be a little intense to get after it. But uh, but uh, one of our coaches pulled us aside. Ryan uh, pulled me aside, and he's like, "Hey, he's like, I know that you're frustrated, like, but if you want to get the most out of people, like, you're gonna have to you have to encourage them. Like, if you just keep beating this kid down, like, he's not gonna want to play." And so I'm like, "Okay." He's like, "Look at Sean's group." He's like, Sean's over there, and he's leading his guys. And the whole time, he's like, come on, we're the best group. We're the best group. Keep going. Don't quit. We're doing great. Uh, And, you know, so, like, it was just the natural thing. And that's when it really clicked for me. And, actually, I tell that story to, like, uh, other people. I just told this story to my boss the other day, um, talking about how, you know, how I've had to learn, you know, to get out of my own head and to, like, see what's the most important down the line and how to lead, how to coach people. And you were an example of that for me back when we were in high school. You wow. probably didn't know that. but I, uh, didn't, I had no idea. But that's a story that stuck with me that, you know, if you want to get the best out of people, you got to encourage them. Not to say that sometimes there's people that need yeah, that tough love motivation. encouragement. Yeah, yeah. and But they're wired that way, which goes to, you know, you, what you just said there of, I would watch them, see how competitive they are. Yeah. You know the people that you can turn it up a notch and, and give them a little bit of that fire. Yeah, I so. think that's huge in coaching, right? Like, you got to adapt to what you have, right? Yeah. Like, you can't make people into what you want them to be. You have to adapt to what they are, Yeah. right? Like, I mean, Belichick doesn't like – he probably had, like, a plan at first. Like, this is the dream team. Mm-hmm. But the dude takes, like, undrafted guys that no one's heard of and turns them into, like – Super Bowl athletes, yeah, and he works with what he has, and he makes the system around. I mean, it also helps that he had Tom Brady, but like, 
all that aside. Yeah, we're, we, we found out last year just how important that really was. Tom Brady huh? is a huge key. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's that's a big thing. But also, you know, from a from a coach's perspective, especially that one-on-one tailoring, what you're saying there, breaking mental ceilings, uh, as an athlete, though, like what what are things that, like, you looked for from a coach as a collegiate athlete? Like, what are the things that stuck out to you about certain coaches um, that you either liked or didn't like? <sighs> I would say that, like, I think every coaching staff, a successful coaching staff, needs to have, like, every coach, kind of coach on, yeah. the like, the spectrum, yeah. right? Like, you need to have the guy that's, like, kind of like the nurturer, like, hey, you can always go to this guy because he's, like, super nice. And, like, you're feeling down, go talk to him. But you also need to have that, like, hype guy. Mm-hmm. right like for some reason he's mad like he didn't get coffee <laughs> at like the right time and he's just like bah, yeah i'm gonna like everybody on the line for no reason helmets on mm-hmm. and you're like what dude it's tuesday but it gets you pumped before the game. <laughs> yeah yeah but he gets you pumped for the game right and then you also need the guy that's like super strategic like he's there to do business like you don't joke around with him I tried to, but, like, you don't joke around with them because <laughs> you're not going to get anything in return. It's like talking to a door. You're yeah. like, hey, how's this going? He's like, don't bother me. Yeah, I can see you <laughs> on the football field just throwing some one-liners, joking around. Oh, yeah. I got called jack wagon more in college than I've ever been called in my life. <laughs> yeah. Frost, you jack wagon. Thanks, Coach Stokes. <laughs> but I think, like, having all that in the spectrum as, like, a team, that's, like, have, that's where, like, having multiple coaches is good, right? Like, you can have every type of coach mm-hmm. kind of fit the mold. But then if you're looking as an individual coach, it needs to be that person that can, like, adapt to everybody, right? Like, you have the kid that wants to be yelled at, mm-hmm. and then you have the kid that, like, super shy. Like, might be a great athlete, superstar athlete, but they can be super shy, right? Like, they don't want to be, like – They don't like, want to be in the spotlight. Yeah, they don't want to be, like, yelled at at practice which is fine like i mean they're gonna get yelled at at practice but like called out in front of everybody like that like makes them shut down and Mm -hmm. they're gonna have like a terrible day the rest of the day so like i guess like the best thing is just like you have to be all around you gotta be able to read everybody and how they respond to things so yeah yeah as far as all that comes i mean you just gotta i think coaching just comes down to like you like being a people person you gotta know people yeah yeah and you know, that, that kind of goes into, really, if you want to be successful in anything, if leadership, if you want to be a leader, so a coach is a leader, if yeah. you want to be a leader, you have to be able to be with people. You have to be a people person yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, not everyone looks exactly the same. but So I just actually finished reading a book, um, actually finished it today, a book nice. called The Ideal Team Player by, I believe, Oh man, I'm gonna have to. Google yeah, go it. ahead and look it up. Tony, and I'll give you a fun fact. I probably read more books out of high school and in college now than I ever have in my life. Yeah, I I'm 110 percent on board with that. I've I was read... a Spark Notes guy in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I swear yeah. I'm a good person. You guys are like, man, this guy's mooning people. He's like Spark Noting things. No, I mean, <laughs> let, well, let's be honest. You were a very good student uh, you were very intelligent um i think that was uh we both 
skated by pretty easily in high school. Oh yeah, and I mean, then, you're smart. I'll I mean, I too. found out pretty quickly though that hey, being smart doesn't mean jack in college. <laughs> no, you gotta learn how to study. Yeah, you gotta learn to study. You gotta memorize. But um, Patrick Lencioni. Okay. Uh, and the ideal team player. How the to ideal team player. how to recognize and cultivate the three essential virtues, and the three essential virtues. Um, when you're hiring people and as a leader, what you have to have is uh, super simple. They break it down to humble, hungry, and smart. And humble means like, you know, you're a team player. Uh, you're not all about yourself. Um, you know, the team's goals are, are the top priority. Hungry is like your drive, your passion. Um, are you willing to work, put in the work? Uh, do you want to put in that extra effort? And then smart is has nothing to do with IQ, nothing to do with intelligence. It's all emotional intelligence. It's all how do you treat and interact with others. And you have to have a combination of all three of those in order to be the ideal team player. I like that. I'm about to read that. Yeah, it's a good one. It's like a little, uh, it's like a fable, kind of similar to like some of the John Gordon books. Oh, yeah, yeah, of like, like the it, it's, bus and all that. Yeah, yeah. yep. Uh, similar to that, uh, nice little story. And then he goes in at the very end and kind of explains it and, and uh, give some good examples too. But very cool book, but right in line with what you say, you got to be a people person. You yeah. got to be a people person. It's huge. And that smart, that emotional intelligence is, is a huge part of it. Um, but that's that's a big thing. So real quick, some of the – go ahead and name drop. Some of the people that you've trained, the oh, big ones dropping. or or – or some of the some of the ones that are most memorable to you, or you don't have to share the name if you don't want to. But I mean, it's not a big deal. Like like some of the cool people that, are, that were to train, like Adam Zyger and like Phil Caden, like on a minimal scale, it means nothing to anybody else, right? But like they're just cool dudes that like came in, they wanted to grind, right? Like they were competitive dudes. Um, and these are just Joes. Yeah, average Joes, right? Mm -hmm. And they would go out and compete, and then at the same time, you know, I'm training these dudes that like grinded right and they also grinded in their own business because they had their own ventures going um but another one was like ryan mundy right like played for michigan played mm -hmm. for the bears uh we had jason hayward from the cubs come in the cubs gm um we had the cooper manning and eli came in one time i mean they're they're all cool dudes it's like being in chicago was a great time training great people like and you see that like different walks of life and like how you can make them competitive still. Right. Like obviously like you have the 56 year old, like dude benching versus like you, if I like bring you guys against each other, like it's not going to be fair. Right. I mean, it's not, I know, I know some reject 50 some year olds, <laughs> but you can like do other things where like you can make it competitive, right? Like time of recovery, all this kind of stuff. But like, that's, like, the fun part about, like, all that stuff with, like, training these people. Like, when they all come through that door, they're all just, like, regular human beings. Like, Ryan Mundy walks in. He's just a dude. He's just Ryan Mundy. He's not Chicago Bears safety anymore. He's just Ryan Mundy. Yeah. And then you try to push him to be a better Ryan Mundy, not a better – because at the end of the day, it's about being a better person, and that's what you learn out of, like, right? Like, having that, like, suffer breeds, like, success. And yeah. that's Yeah. 100% true. Yeah, for sure. I mean, suffering in general, I mean, you can use that as a general term, whether it be, you know, that forced. Uh, I listen to a podcast. They call it uh, 
the barbell logic starting strength guys. Oh um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, starting they, strength. They yeah. call it um Mark Rip Patel. Yes, Mark Rip Rip. Yeah. Rip Rip. Um but the uh oh what are they called? Voluntary hardship. Yeah. Voluntary yeah. hardship. So putting yourself through uh through those trials and stuff because you want to, because you want to get better. Um, yeah. I uh just read a book called The Comfort Crisis. Okay. Okay. Basically long story of it is it, there's also a lot of, to read about it. But I like, want the short story. But, no, yeah, I guess, yeah, I said that wrong <laughs> completely. You know, me. Um, but the whole the book talks about how there's like a like people are afraid of com like afraid of like being like discomfort like in discomfort like it's like no one wants to be in like no one's like hey go like hold this like bag for hours and like make your arms hurt nah, I'm good. I'm going to go sit on my couch and watch my favorite TV show. Like, yeah. that's fun. The book just talks about, like, how, like, far we've gotten from, like, ancestral traits. Yeah. And, like, um, but one part of the comfort crisis, they were talking about uh, how, what were we talking about? <laughs> I just, uh, like, blanked. <laughs> I talked about the book, The Comfort Crisis. The oh. Comfort Crisis. Yeah, it, hardships yeah Voluntary there we go we're back yes. okay here we go it's called Girl. this one guy this, this is a strength coach i can't remember his name it's in the book but he goes on these things called mashogi and a mashogi is like this japanese like thing of like going on this like spiritual journey but his mashogis are like these just like crazy like physical feats so like he'll just like i'm gonna run the whole grand canyon oh wow he doesn't set a time or a date or anything he just he doesn't train for it. He just goes. He's today's the day I'm going, and that's his mashogi. And he's like, if he's like, basically, if you set up your own mashogi, and it's not like I'm gonna make it to the store by four today. Like yeah. that's not a mashogi, <laughs> yeah. right? Like you're like, I made it. Yeah, I did it. It's like do something that's like completely like something that you're like not expecting to do or training for, and it's super hard, and you have a fifty percent chance of failing. So you'd have a fifty percent pass, fifty percent fail. And that's what he'd do. He'd just, like, he does one once a year, and it's just, like, this, what'd you call it? Something about hardship? Voluntary hardship. Voluntary hardship. Voluntary, Voluntary. hardship. And that's what it is. It's Mishogi. is like, this, like, spiritual, emotional journey that you learn about yourself where you grow through these Mishogis. Yeah. So he does those once a year, and it's, like, all in this book, and it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And, no, I like that. That's, uh, I know a while back we talked... A little bit. It was after we read that uh, Play the Man book. We talked about it here on the podcast. And uh, one of the things was the year of discipleship with, like, your son. And, like, there's a physical challenge. And they said, like, it has to be, like, difficult to where, like, you could fail. Like, you could fail. So oh, huge. So, so it's kind of that, that same yeah. thing of, like, it's going to take training. It's going to take preparation. Or, in this case, I guess the dude doesn't prepare, right? He just kind of does it. Yeah. I mean, he probably is like working out. Though. I mean, yeah, like, you're in shape. Like, no, like, yeah, like me or you. He's shouldn't not just sitting be on the like, couch every day, and then like we're gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna. I'm go gonna do go. It. Like, my dad shouldn't just wake up and go. I'm gonna run the Grand Canyon. Yeah, he would probably fall apart. Sorry, like, Corey. Corey, you're a beast, but like, you're probably gonna fall apart doing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, I mean, very cool. That's good. So we can go ahead, and uh, that's kind of actually a good little segue. Um, into the six five, all of this stuff that we're talking about, you know, while 
you know, you like to talk about the coaching, you like to talk about the physical aspect. Um, there's a whole, you know, spiritual aspect to that too. And the voluntary hardship, um, not so much that we want to voluntarily put ourselves into, you know, spiritual hardship, but, you know, temptation comes all the time, whether you're ready for it or not. Um, and so this six, five segment, so this is our transition right here into the six, five and what I wanted to talk about tonight. And Sean, uh, because Andrew's not here, uh, usually our guests sit on the sidelines for the six, oh, five, I they're not prepared, the six, but, but you may have to have a little bit of input to this one and, and see what you have to say about it. I'll do my best. I don't know what I can bring, but I'll try. So what I kind of want to talk about tonight in six, five is Last week in particular, I had a week where, like, the news of, and I don't want this to be political by any means. Um, I'm not about that, not on this platform. Um, but I want to talk about life. And so this is what I was feeling. This is what I was thinking last week. And I just was, I wouldn't say overwhelmed, but maybe so, maybe low key, maybe. Uh, Internally, subconsciously, I was overwhelmed by just, you know, the, the coming back of the mandates or the, the questions of mandates with COVID and like, what's it going to be and how are we going to have to deal with it? And this is this set of rules for these people. This is this set of rules for these people. How is my family going to be able and have to adapt to it um, in certain situations? And then the, you know, Afghanistan thing is, you know, weighed on me, like it bothered me, something, something fierce. And I don't want to get into the politics of it, but it's just more and more and more weighing us down, weighing me down. And and so I was, I like told my wife, like, I was like, you know what? I can't believe that we're, I told my wife, Clarissa, my beautiful wife, Clarissa, got to throw that in there. So I, I told her, I was like, you know what? Like, I can't, I can't believe that this is the world that I'm raising my kids in. Like, I'm raising three boys in this world. Like, how messed up is that? And she stopped me. She's like, you got to think about it this way. Like, it's, it's not, yes, it is, but at the same time, it's not. Like, they're here. We are here for a reason. They're going through this time for a reason. It is a season um, that, you know, they, they're meant to be on this earth. They're meant to see this stuff. They're meant to live through it, to grow through it for a reason. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And so we sat down and we read a devotion and we do like this Jesus calling together. And like, this is five minutes and I don't... <laughs> I don't believe in coincidence, man. This this happened because God was wanting to speak to me um, on this day and the things that I was feeling. This was on August 18th. And so I'm just going to read this Jesus Calling here quick. I, I'm sorry to read to everyone, but this was just too good to not. Um, and it hit me right where I was. And it said, expect to encounter adversity in your life. Boom, right out the gate. Remembering that you live in a deeply fallen world. Boom, right out the gate. Two for two. Stop trying to find a way that circumvents difficulties. The main problem with an easy life is that it masks your need for me. 
When you became a Christian, I infused my very life into you, empowering you to live on a supernatural plane by depending on me. Anticipate coming face-to-face with impossibilities, situations totally beyond your ability to handle. This awareness of your inadequacy is not something you should try to evade. It is precisely where I want you, the best place to encounter me in my glory and power. When you see armies of problems marching toward you, cry out to me. Allow me to fight for you. Watch me working on your behalf as you rest in the shadow of my almighty presence. And I was like, wow, boom. (laughs) I just got done talking about this. And like, you're hitting me saying, I've got you. I've got this. And so last week too, and I've been fortunate, I've, I've been blessed to be able to have conversations. So I've been working uh, in Springfield, Ohio, at uh, one of our plants there. Um, and the plant manager there is actually a pastor. And uh, so we get to have some good conversations at times. And uh, just today, actually, I was at the gym uh, and had a really good conversation with the owner of uh, the gym I go to, Karen Markling. And that's House of Iron Gym in Worcester, Ohio. Uh, go check it out. It's super cool. Karen's a super awesome lady. She and her husband, Tom, uh, great people. Uh, this is the kind of place you want to go, you want to support, you want to work out. But I'm just so blessed to be able to have these conversations and bounce this stuff off of people in my life. And, you know, as soon as I, I read this to Dwight, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say his name or not, but I did. Okay. Dwight, <laughs> the plant manager down in Springfield. And uh, he just started laughing. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know it. He's like, you're reading it. You're saying it. He's like, God's got this. Like, how how silly am I? And then I, I read a devotion later that night, too. Um, and in that devotion, I'm, I'm reading, and, you know, the verse or, or the story of there's this woman who's, uh, Jesus is walking through a crowd. He's actually, uh, and some woman comes. I think he's in this, I believe he's walking to go heal someone. He's going to raise, I believe, a dead girl to life. And a woman goes out and fights her way through this crowd to touch him, just to touch him. And what she does is she touches him, and Jesus is like, wait, who touched me? Like, someone just touched me. Like, who, who was it? And so this woman, this woman tells him, like, it was me. Uh, I touched you. I know that all I have to do is touch you, and I'm, I'm healed. She, she had a, a disease or, or some, something, women problems. And, uh, <laughs> and, so, and so she, uh, she touched him, and she's like, I know if I touch you, like, I'm going to be healed. And she's like, because of your faith, you are healed. And I thought, like, you know, how many times have I read that? And I've thought, like, oh, she went to go find Jesus hoping that if she touched him, she'd be healed. Like, no, 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 Justin. You're wrong, bro. She believed. She believed. She yeah. knew she would be healed. So, like, the same way she knew, she had that faith, she knew she'd be healed. Like, I need to know that I'm gonna, we're going to get through this time that we're in now. So, yeah. that's, that's kind of my thoughts and feelings. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass it to you, Sean, to see what you have to say. I'm really putting you on the spot. Tonight, you are putting but, me on the spot. But, luckily, what you just read is crazy like hitting me in the face right now like i for everybody out there this is the first time me and justin like hung out and talked in a while yeah 
So he just reads this right now about, like, you know, trusting the Lord, trusting in his faith. We're at right where we need to be. We just left Chicago. We're back home, like, living with Kristen's, my wife, my beautiful wife. That's how you said it. Yeah, that's how you're supposed to say it in the right. podcast. <laughs> and we're living at our grandparents' house. So it's kind of like, ah, oh, man, we only have our own place right now. It's kind of like a bummer. But when you're reading this, it's like you're right where we where God wants us to be. Yep. And during this time, we're trying to we're really trying to open our own gym down in Columbus. So like that is like, you know, I've had a I have a hard time just like trusting, right? Like I want to do everything like it's part of that leadership in me, right? Like I want to do it. I want to be the one that gets this done. I want I want I want I want. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's like really like I'm like learning right now as we're sitting here in the podcast and it's uh it's hitting me good. It's um I'm just learning. I just I didn't I needed like trust more. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's my biggest problem is just like trusting. Like finances, whatever it's gonna be for this gym to take off, like I just gotta trust. But it's tough. It's tougher than like it's tougher said than done. It's you know, that's the way it is with everything. Yeah. How, you know, things in life, everything in life is like so easy. Like Everything's not so easy. I guess that's the wrong one. It's simple. Yeah. Life simple. is not complicated. Life is simple. Like, yep. have faith. Okay. Have faith. Got it. I need to lose weight. Don't eat that cheeseburger. Okay. Simple. Go to the gym. Okay. okay. Simple. It's hard to do sometimes. Yeah. Like, and it's it's especially that way with things that are out of our control, uh, that we want to control, that we think we should have control of, and and to an extent we do, but, you know, it's all through the grace of God, and it's all in his timing, and he works all things together for our good, uh, for those who love him and, and want to put him, you know, as, as the leader of their life. So that's a tough, that's a tough thing to, to, to work on, but it's uh, something I think everyone's working on every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think these, like, I mean, I think these times are definitely trying for everybody, right, with COVID. Yeah coming back around with new mandates, right? Like some people are losing businesses. Some people are trying to start businesses. You got Afghanistan going on. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think, obviously more trust needs to be done. Yeah. But it's definitely hard, especially when you see, like, it's easy to turn on the news and, like, they're like, oh, the sky is falling. Everyone's going to die. Yeah, I know. And you're like, oh, turn that off. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely, like, it's good to, like, separate yourself from that and kind of, like, just – read more, do your own research, yeah. and just kind of like center and, yourself a little bit and better. And get into the Word, man. It's, yeah. it's a big thing. To, you know, that's what uh, kind of what revitalized me this week was getting into the Bible. Uh, I can read, you know, books on Ideal Team Player. I can read all sorts of books, and they're fun, and I enjoy reading them, and I learn a lot from them. But uh, the the living Word, the Word is what is what gives me life, man. So... So I just encourage everyone to do that. I encourage everyone to have uh, faith faith um, in what you're doing and what you got going on. Know that God's got you. Um, and if, if you're someone who doesn't believe, you're someone who uh, Christianity and, and Jesus right now is not your thing, like, okay, I, I, I hear you. That, that's fine. But, I mean, there's still, uh, I think that there's something to be had there. I know it's changed my life. Um, I've I've not heard anyone tell me that it's it's not changed there. So, yeah. so tonight I just kind of want to leave everyone with with that. I know uh, 
You know, it's weird. I don't really know how to wrap up without Andrew here. Andrew's usually our good wrap-up guy Andrew, that you knows at? how to tie it all together. Um, but, Sean, I really appreciate you coming out tonight, being a part of this podcast. We're going to do another one. Uh, we're going to do, at some point, some sort of uh, fitness and health series. And you are that. the go-to guy on good. that, man. Good. Bring it. So, uh, looking forward to that. And we can find you... On Instagram yeah, at Savage Strength. Savage to Strength. S A V A G E D Strength. Yep, strength. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You can spell strength. Savage is a little muddled, but we got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, and then check us out on Facebook, Instagram at Manly Things Podcast. And uh, everyone, stay manly.